Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Four plus minutes into the game. Long drive to start here by Rodgers and company. Second and one, the Washington 29. Play action, Rodgers steps up and now he is grabbed by Montez Sweat who beat his man. Sacks him back at the 40-yard line. First huge defensive play by the Washington Well, that's a soundbite involving two people very much in the news today. Montez Sweat out four to six weeks because of a hairline fracture in his jaw. Sacking Aaron Rodgers, who we found out today is going to be out for a bit because he's uh, tested positive for COVID. And then we simultaneously learn he apparently is not vaccinated, even though we sort of inferred that he was. That's a whole other story. Maybe we'll have time to get into that. At the top of the hour, we will talk a little bit more about the Washington football team. We'll talk about Montez Sweat, what, a little bit more about what that means. But we're going to talk a lot about the quarterbacks at 830. Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus will break down the draft options. I'll talk about some of the vets at the top of the hour. So stay tuned for that. Uh, it's Ben Standing, Britt Giroli here with you till 9 o'clock. But right now, I think it's appropriate to talk about the Washington Nationals, specifically the broadcast booth, because Britt Giroli today broke news about what's going on with FP Santangelo. Basically, the news being he is out, and then therefore the question is what happens now. But Britt, take us through that. It's obviously been a long road for FP this year. You've been on top of it throughout. What happened, I guess, ultimately that – led to this decision and what do you think is going to happen now? Yeah. So obviously, you know, for the first time in a decade, they're going to need a new analyst, which is crazy to say, but FP Santangelo has been a integral part of, of the nationals. And, you know, this had kind of been rumored for the last few weeks, Ben, I kind of kept hearing it and, you know, officially uh, a decision had to be made by the end of October. So I knew it was kind of getting down to that crunch time. Um, I was told that, this was performance-based. They were unhappy. The Nationals were unhappy with his performance. Now, obviously, it is hard to say um, how much the fact that he missed two months for sexual misconduct allegation, uh, how much that factored in. I don't think you can put your blinders on and say it didn't factor on in at all. Yeah. But the people I talked to said that wasn't unequivocally. That was not the only thing tying in here. They wanted a change. They felt like it was time to make a change. Bob Carpenter is returning for the next two years. 
that would probably, I would assume, maybe be the farewell for Bob. He's he's come down a little bit in games that he's done. So really here, over the next couple of years, the Nationals have a chance to kind of remake that booth. Uh, and that's starting with replacing F.P. Santangelo, who we went on Grant and Danny earlier and we talked about this same thing. I don't know, Ben, if there is like a clear-cut favorite. I mean, who who jumps to mind with you with the Nationals putting in that booth? I think the former player element is great when it works, but I don't know if there's a clear favorite unless Ryan Zimmerman, who I think is just low-key hysterical, knows a lot about the game, um, could easily make that transition. Unless he is interested, I don't know if there's really a, a favorite in well, I mean, my joke answer is I know that Robert Griffin III is available for all gigs, apparently. And, uh, you know, he, he's always in the news. Uh, you know, he, he actually is uh, doing has his broadcast career and everything, but don't know if he knows about baseball. Uh, I think part of the issue here is, right, typically you're looking at somebody who was with the team. The Nationals are, relatively speaking, a young franchise. There's not a ton of those guys around. I don't necessarily know if the – I'm just making – throwing out names here. A, a Chad Cordero of the world is, or guys like that or a broadcast – interested to broadcast or if they're even that type of person with like with the Orioles, you know, there's a longer depth start there, even though Jim Palmer has kind of been a staple, but you have some other guys that, that have been around because the Orioles have been around. So I just don't know if there's a name that jumps out. You mentioned Zimmerman. You know him better than me. I, I did. a I, I covered, I don't know, 20 odd nights games a year. I, 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 I never took him as a guy that I would think <laughs> would be interesting behind a, a mic, but, but you never know. Like there's been guys over the years, like a Jeff Van Gundy comes to mind. You would never have thought Jeff Van Gundy would be hilariously funny on television based on his NBA time, but then he was. So maybe Zimmerman has that in his wheelhouse. But do you think he would actually go from playing 162 games for all these years to then traveling, or I don't know if they're even traveling anymore, but being on a broadcast for all that time? Right. No, I don't think so. I I think maybe if the Nationals look at it as, hey, how do we divvy this up, right, and have a bunch of different rotating analysts do 30, 40 games, then maybe he would be interested. Brian Roberts did that a little bit with the Orioles uh, before they kind of just gutted all of their their people and brought in some new faces. But uh, I think Jason Worth could be an interesting one. You know, you want people with personality. You want people who have something to say. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman, away from the interview setting, is very interesting and is funny, as I said. And, and I know you were a little surprised when I said that, but yeah. I think he'd be a great candidate. I mean, Adam Wainwright with the St. Louis Cardinals doing some of the playoff games this year was terrific and insightful and reminded you how important it is to have a guy who played in that position. They just pick up on the nuances of the game that you just don't otherwise see. We can cover the game forever. Fans can watch the game forever, and we still will not have any idea what it's like to suit up and get on that field 162 times a year. And so you, you mentioned Adam Wainwright. So it brings up the question that you weren't saying him for this job, but it brings up the question, does the player, does the person in that analyst role have to be from the team? Because that is always like this weird dynamic of the, you know, the we factor. Are you really an emotional investment invested partner in this because you were here or does you, does it just need to be somebody who's an interesting person who knows the game, play the game, whatever. What do you think from basic knowing this Nats fan base and having covered the team, how much you think that matters into any decision like this? Well, FP wasn't from here. He didn't play here. Which he, was part of my problem because of the way he's, he was too homery for a guy that wasn't here. But he became part of this CD's fabric because you associated him with the national success. You associated him with their World Series win in 19, right? So I think you can come in and do the job and grow into that. I am this city. I am this hometown. Uh, you know, I'm not from this area. I covered the Orioles for 10 years, was embraced there. I covered the Nats for two, 
was definitely embraced there. They won the World Series one of those years. So I think you can do it. Um, you just might not have the immediate likability factor of an Adam Wainwright or a Ryan Zimmerman or you know somebody that fans already know and like and have rooted for. So you have that built-in likability factor. But I think you can bring someone in from the outside because Bob Bob's a veteran. He's a guy who's been doing this forever. He's got a real nice, steady demeanor. I think that they can do it. Um, I don't know what way they ultimately go. Like I said, this is kind of a chance, in my opinion, to kind of mix it up, see who works well with Bob. So let me ask you this, and this is uh, Ben standing along with Britt Giroli uh, with The Athletic. I cover the Washington football team. Britt is one of our national baseball writers. Um, We talked about this with Grant and Danny, and I think it's an interesting – I wonder where things are going with this broadcast booth. You know, the the Peyton Manning, Eli Manning thing. Look, that's obviously the hyper-extreme example of doing something different. You can't get two guys like that on any level, on, on probably to cover even national uh, games, let alone on a local beat. But it brings to the point of, are we getting to an era where teams are going to be willing to go outside the box, not necessarily have just the analyst, or maybe the Bob Carpenter person, if they whenever the, they move on from there, is somebody with a little bit of different background. I mean, for example, a person like yourself, and uh, uh, you know Tom Verducci, right? He's doing a more, he's more involved in the broadcast. He's not from uh, the, the the typical broadcast world and you see some other things what do you think about that aspect whether for the nationals or just in general the idea of especially baseball right that's 162 games it's a long journey you're going to be with this person a long time and liking the person seems to matter to me as much as almost anything else it doesn't even mean maybe they have to be an analyst it's just somebody you want to hang out with and maybe that is somebody with a different background what do you think that's something that could happen if not here or just happening more uh on these broadcasts yeah, I definitely think that that's something that people should be considering. I mean, honestly, I grew up wanting to be in the booth, but there was no one in the booth who looked like me, and I eventually kind of migrated to writing and, and doing that. But I think you know things are changing now. Everyone's looking at sports a little different. Everyone's digesting sports a little bit different. So um, could it be that kind of a case? Maybe. I'm with Grant, though, in that having – the Peyton and Eli is great. It's really fun to watch with something different. But I also want broadcasters who have been in the clubhouse, who have talked to players, who have those relationships, who can bring me some info and some color about these guys that maybe I wouldn't have already gotten. So I, I kind of want to have my cake and eat it too, right? Like I want both broadcasts. I don't think we get to a point where it's Masson and Masson too, and they're no. showing two versions of the Nationals. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Uh, but I do think that there's some ways that, that you could do that that would still appeal to to maybe all demographics. Yeah. By the way, I'm about to go on Twitter and tweet that Bridget Rowley is throwing her hat into the ring for the Masson job. I clearly just heard her say she's interested in, in doing this uh, at, at some point. All right. We're interested in keeping uh, you guys going with us. So we're going to talk more about uh, the Washington football team. There's a bunch of news out there. We'll, we'll talk more perhaps about uh, Britt's thoughts on the Nats and 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 so on here on 106.7 The Fan. All right. Welcome back, Britt Chiroli. Ben standing with you, both of The Athletic, both here in studio at 106.7 until 9 on the overtime. Ben, we just went over the FP Santangelo news. He's not going to return to the Nationals broadcast in 2022. We mentioned the big news, the Washington football team today, Montez Sweat out for four to six weeks, a non-displaced jaw fracture. There's a lot going on in sports. The Braves won the World Series last night. But all I could think of when I was driving here that's really bothered me as I've delved more into the football team than I have in a long time to get ready for this. When you were thinking of this, was this before or after your car got (laughs) sideswiped? This was before, when I was still having a good day. Got it, okay. And I was real excited to come here. And I just can't get past Ron Rivera being the coach and the GM, and thinking that that structure is going to work. How? Explain this to me. How on earth is that it going to be a successful model, and why do they not feel like, you know what, there's no cap on front offices in the NFL. Why not, when you're rebuilding a team from the ground, which is really what they were trying to do, bringing in the new culture and whatever other buzzwords they were throwing at us, why didn't they go get a GM? Would Ron Rivera not come here unless he had that power? And I'm struggling to find another example, another pro sports team. I can't imagine in baseball or anyone else being like, yeah, you know what? Let's do both those jobs. So that's interesting. I mean, there are people who do both these things to a degree. But I was, as you were saying this, I'm thinking, wait, baseball, I, I I don't know. Like, I'm thinking like maybe back in the day, like Leo DeRocher or Casey Stengel or something maybe had some kind of control like that. Uh, that, that those are two references that nobody under the age of like 80 is going to know. But um the but right there's in baseball there's no such thing like that, right? Managers are managers, but there's always a GM making the call. Now in football, the, there is this coach-centric model. This is how Dan Snyder introduced Ron Rivera. It is a little prevalent around the league. Andy Reid in Kansas City, Pete Carroll in Seattle or two guys like that where they have general managers under them who are kind of prominent, but ultimately the buck stops with the head coach. That they're the ones who were making that call, which is a little bit different than uh, the other way, you know, we're, the way we're used to it working. The difference here is, uh, look, ultimately, like with anything else, it comes down to does the human being have the acumen to do both of these things? Ron Rivera had never done this before. You asked, would he have taken this job without it? I, I, I suspect he may not have. He has. He told us he had other options, uh, but he didn't explore them because. He liked what was here, and I imagine part of what he liked was here was given was being given 
this extra authority. Now, he did technically they have a, a general manager, Martin Mayhew, who was hired this last offseason. Marty Herney, who we thought for a minute was going to be the GM. He was the GM at Carolina with, with Rivera. He's here as well. They also have Chris Polian in the front office, who was a former GM. So they have a lot of people with that level of experience. Ultimately, though, it does come down to Rivera. And what the real question is, and I haven't plugged this yet uh, because I'm, I'm forgetting, I have a podcast, Standard Room Only, you can find on the Athletic App or iTunes. And we spent, the last episode was all about the big picture with this team, including does Ron Rivera's plan, like do we know what his plan is at this point? Because ultimately that's what's important here. Titles, whatever. What's the vision? What's the plan? And a year and a half into this, I'm not 100% sure. It feels like depending on the moment, they're kind of willing to go all in, trying to get a Stafford, then simultaneously saying, we're going to build it up from the ground up. That's the part where I'm trying to figure out in both of these roles, what is his vision? So you can do it. I still need to see, I guess, what, where it's going. And that's the part is where I've been kind of confused, even covering the team. Because when he, when he got here, what what it wasn't really clear what this team was going to be. And now all of a sudden they're in year two, they're not playing well. They're underperforming. They probably set expectations too high last year. And now it's like, oh, we got to be patient. There's going to be a rebuild. We're going to get a quarterback, and you got to be patient. Well, shouldn't they have already done that in the first two years? It just seems like it's been a colossal waste of time. And then to miss out on Matt Stafford is one thing. But then to say, you know what, we're going to go with Fitzpatrick, who's been in the league forever, is just meh, performed in meh, as we all could have anticipated. And then to say, well, you got to give us some time. We're going to we're gonna get a quarterback. As if you can just go there like you go to the Gap and come out with a, a pair of jeans. It, it, it's just preposterous to me. Do, do you, I don't know if you ever feel this way. I'm not saying this because we're in Washington, D.C., steps from the, 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 the Capitol. But often when I cover these coaches or GMs, it's like covering a politician because they ultimately have to say things to – they're asked questions or they have to explain circumstances and they have to say what is happening while simultaneously often not saying much of anything. They're trying to cover themselves. I'm sure Ron Rivera has thoughts he's unwilling to share with us about what it is. I'm sure he's he, he has admitted some level of frustration with his team. I'm sure he has a lot more that he keeps to himself because that's, he doesn't want to air out all his thoughts to the world. Thus, he has to come up with some convoluted answers at times that can sound like double talk or confusing responses and you're like, well, wait, are, are you know, are are you trying to win now? Are you, are, is this a rebuild thing? He, he has mentioned many times that to change a culture can take three to five years. Wait, are you saying it's going to take three to five years to turn this around? And I think part of the job I like is trying to interpret what these people are saying when they're kind of doing double talk and not giving you the full answer. There is a lot of, even within that, there's a lot of truth, but you have to look for it and know what is the spin and where is the truth that they're just only willing to go so far. I think that's part of what's interesting covering him and I think covering a lot of these kinds of coaches. So interpret this for me from Ron Rivera. Let's play a little game. You can interpret this jargon. Don't draw me a map if you haven't been there. Where has Ron Rivera been GM and coach? And so, therefore, should we be allowing this man a sharp object to draw us a map? Wow. Okay, so first of all, you need to come to the next press conference and ask that because – it is a great question. He he is uh, he has a lot of lines. Like I I know what Ron Rivera's TED talk would be. I've heard all the lines. I know exactly how it would go. That's a great one. And you make a great point. He has said that a lot. Uh, and it, his line makes sense, except when, as you note, he actually has not done this specific thing. Now he'll say that it's a collaborative situation. 
and I believe that to be the case to a degree. I'm sure. I mean, I know that Martin Mayhew and Marty Herney are doing a lot more of the the calls. The trade deadline just happened. Uh, Ron Rivera was on 106.7 The Fan with the Junkies Tuesday morning to discuss. He goes on with them every week, and they asked about the trade deadline, and he said, when asked, "Have you? you know, are there calls?" He said, "I haven't taken any, or I haven't gotten any calls." But it was a semantical response. Of course, they're making calls. I reported that the Washington football team made it clear to other teams that Landon Collins was available. That's not as a smoke signal. It's not a. It's not a. It's it, it just. It's not just manifesting out to the world. They're actually talking. He just didn't maybe isn't the one making those calls because that's not his 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 role. So it, I don't know. The whole thing is constantly. It, it's a fascinating deal. Look, they're going to have a lot of questions to answer this offseason, among them the quarterback. No doubt they've got to solve this. It isn't easy to find one, though, and that's the problem. We didn't even get to the point that the last two years there was an opportunity to get a quarterback in the draft. I'm not Monday morning quarterback in this and saying they should have. I understood why they didn't, but they didn't, and now they're going into this offseason where it's like, oh, uh, what do we do here? Feels like we got to get a quarterback. And, yeah, you're right. He's the guy at the top of the food chain making these decisions, no matter what anybody else is saying he's the one who's going to have to make this call on what they do at quarterback. Yeah, and I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just wondering about this structure and if he is indeed the guy to play both of those roles. To me, it's just fascinating when you look at the plan to build up this defense and now we're getting into year three and it's like, oops, we forgot. We also need to score points to win games. And it's like, okay, well, your defense that we were kind of sold on, right? Like why he came from Carolina, like, oh, his defense, this he's going to build it up. It's going to be a genius move. Um, and they forgot about the the points aspect. So now they're stuck with this, you know, neither of these options at quarterback are going to be great, right? Who is going to want to come here? Who are they going to lure here? We heard about Matt Stafford, how they missed out on that. Like, who could they possibly get if they don't draft one, Ben? That would make people say, here comes the football team. They're going to get it going. Well, and I think we'll talk about this more in the, in the next hour with uh, Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus talking about the rookies, and we'll get into some of the vets. I think part of Rivera's calculation was we're going to have a really good defense. We're going to improve on what we did last year. And then whatever veteran might be available, we'll say, oh, you know what? Washington is turning this thing around. Put me with that team and maybe we have a shot. Instead, things have gone backwards. The defense has not looked nearly as impressive as it did. That's not even factoring in all the -the off-the-field stuff going on involving Dan Snyder and this organization that's going to make anybody say, uh, what are we doing here? So I think that's a lot to, I don't think Rivera was factoring in all that. He can't see all that. And I think that's part of the problem. What do they do? Should they get a rookie? Should they get a veteran? Let us know. That's our question of the night. Give us a call. 1-800-636-1067. What should the Washington football team do at quarterback? Britt Giroli here with Ben Standing of The Athletic on Overtime. To, to create a positive environment, you know, takes time. That was Washington football team head coach Ron Rivera. Gets darkest before the dawn. That sums up the first half of the season for the Washington football team. If we're if, if that's the type of, you know, it's, it's, it's not uh, the... It's not butterflies and sunshine. It's darkest before the dawn because that is definitely how it's felt covering this team. Ben Standig here along with Britt Giroli. We write for The Athletic. You can follow Britt on Twitter at Britt underscore Giroli. Uh, I am at Ben Standig. Um, I'll just mention I have a podcast, Standard Room, only talking about the football team mostly. Check that out. Uh, Britt, we've got a bunch to discuss. We've already talked a lot about the quarterback situation 
with the Washington football team at 8.30, Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus will join us to talk about the draft. Uh, the news right before we started the show, Montez Sweat, uh, defensive end for the Washington football team, out four to six weeks with a hairline fracture in his jaw. Uh, that's a bummer for the defense. Adds yet another injury uh, to what's already a long list of issues there. We talked last segment about F.P. Santangelo out of the Masson booth and, and what the Nationals might be able to do. The Wizards are in action. I lost track of the score, Britt. Are they down? What is it, double digits yeah. at this point? Uh, no, 56 to 48. It's about 30 seconds left in the second quarter. So we jinxed them. We talked about how great they were, and, you know, we jinxed them. Simple as that. It it it, it can happen. Um, in, in the next segment at 8, at 8.15 or whatever, we'll, we'll get into some of the veteran quarterback options. But some other news that happened today – not not related to the Washington football team, but it's related to sports overall, and that is the news about Aaron Rodgers uh, testing positive for COVID. He's going to be out. Uh, I believe that he'll be, he'll be out this week, and I believe he's not unable to return until the following Saturday, so maybe he plays that week. Uh, I'm not actually sure Green Bay schedule. But the, the interesting point is he had inferred previously that he was vaccinated, but it turns out he is he has not been. And it's a really interesting uh scenario and uh, it's a really interesting scenario we can get a little bit of, of of sound of what of what was going down today um what's interesting about it is that like i said he inferred that he had been vaccinated and i don't know how it is in baseball but for for the football media when we're in the space with the same with the players if the players are vaccinated they don't have to wear a mask but if they're not they do and aaron Rodgers has not been wearing a mask but here's some sound from uh, about this Aaron Rodgers situation, and then we'll talk more about it after that. Let's go back, Ian, because some folks are saying, no, Rodgers said that he was vaccinated back in August. Well, no, let's go back and read those quotes. He was asked directly whether he's been vaccinated. He said, quote, yeah, I've been immunized. There's a lot of conversation around it, around the league, and a lot of guys who have made statements and not made statements, owners who have made statements. There's guys in this team who haven't been vaccinated. I think it's a personal decision. I'm not going to judge those guys. So he said immunized, and everybody said, well, Rodgers is vaccinated. Well, we're telling you, basically, by telling you that he's not vaccinated and the fact that he's already been ruled out, that immunized and vaccinated could have two different meanings. All right, that's Mike Garofolo with the NFL Network, but go ahead. Uh, my main issue there, Ben, is, as you were mentioning, is the not that Aaron Rodgers chose to kind of sort of lie. Let's call it what it is, lie about his vaccination status. Um, but it seems like the NFL is investigating whether he actually followed the COVID-19 protocols for someone who wasn't vaccinated, such as wearing a mask around other people, around reporters. So uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers thought this was fine, but he has put other people in jeopardy. And I think that's uh, really kind of what, to me, jumps out about this situation. He is out until November 13th. So I don't know how many games that is, 10 games, 10 he, days from now. Yeah, I mean, he would games. at least miss one. And I, I assume I assume Green Bay plays the following weekend. He would, be in theory, be able to come back and, and play for that. But look, without turning this into some sort of political discussion about the vaccine, I, you know, I, I've I'm vaccinated. I mean, it, to me, it seems to be the reasonable move. But the a lot of the players who haven't, uh, Lamar Jackson hasn't, Carson Wentz hasn't. Uh, I, I'm sure, obviously, Bradley Beal hasn't on the local front. At least, whether I agree with them or not, they've largely owned it. They've come out and said, we have not on the football team. Chase Young and Montez Sweat are among the players that have said uh, they haven't. We haven't really 
gotten into that with him lately, but we did during training camp. Montez Sweat had some curious comments at that time or, or, or during the summer. At least they owned it. In this case, the fact that Rodgers, like you said, I basically lied about it, and then I don't understand it from the team perspective. Again, when these players come in to talk to us in the media, they're supposed to be wearing a mask uh, if they're not vaccinated. I don't understand what what happened here from the from the team perspective. I don't understand from the league perspective. The league is watching these uh, th- these press conferences. They out they see there there's cameras through the facility. They can see where players are going. That's the part to me that's very confusing. By the way, what what's the deal in baseball this year? What, what in terms of a players vaccinated if they weren't vaccinated? Did they what was the protocol for them dealing with uh, with the media? Um, they just didn't wear masks. Okay. For the most part. So yeah, you really couldn't tell. And yeah, you know what? Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback, the face of the Green Bay Packers. To me, it's not about whether he's vaccinated or not. It's about lying about it and showing his character, right? You're supposed to be a team player. You're supposed to be a team. You're supposed to be part of something bigger than yourself. He simply, it seems, did not want to follow the rules for for not being vaccinated. Thought he was above them and now got caught in this lie. And to me, it kind of really shows a lot of character, a lot of character flaws, unfortunately. And I guess speaking of of character and questionable character, so tomorrow is going to be the deadline, right, for the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. They requested from the NFL last month all the documents, communication about the investigation into the Washington football team's workplace culture. Uh, What do you expect out of that, Ben, if anything? Are you just waiting like the rest of us? Yeah, I'm super confused in the sense of not confused. Well, I mean, that's my natural state. I just mean I'm confused. Like, like I already have a feeling of what it means. Roger Goodell in the NFL. Roger Goodell works for the owners. People expecting Roger Goodell to come out and condemn an owner is insane. Okay, that's not going to happen. Now, the NFL may at some point, the other owners may at some point decide, hey, we don't really want to deal with this other person. And I think it's, you know, if 24 of the 32 decide to, kick him out of the club, then that would happen. But there's a lot of reasons why people assume that they wouldn't, including that would set a precedent and they don't want to have their own uh, dirty laundry come out public and, and, and things along those lines. But the fact that Congress may be getting involved, I, I, I'm not going to look, uh, I don't want to make the, the obvious joke, like, you know, Congress, you know, get out of here. Like what, what, are they, what are they going to do? They got their own problems, but they could get more involved. The uh, oversight committee that they're the ones who are requesting these uh, th- these documents and other forms of communication uh, involving the NFL's investigation into the Washington uh, workplace culture situation. It obviously has been discussed a lot uh, over over the last year. I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see what comes of this. Is this an actual inquiry? Are they really going to do something about this or attempt to? Or is this just sort of, you know, some sort of grandstanding, the idea of getting yourself out there? Oh, we demand something to happen and then it kind of kind of doesn't the NFL there's a lot of powerful people who own these teams a lot of people who I'm sure donate money to the various uh to the various causes and parties and things like that so I, I'm curious to see what happens I mean I I'm not gonna sit here and say this is you know we're, we're, we're five steps removed from Dan Snyder no longer being the owner I'm not even gonna remotely think that uh <laughs> there's no reason for me to believe it unless there's major smoking guns that we just don't know about and like I said, I don't know that Congress is going to do much, but tomorrow is an interesting day. Uh, they'll have until the end of the uh, end of the full day to turn these documents, the NFL, that is, and we'll we'll see uh, what comes of that. Yeah, you know, someone asked me the other day, uh, it's crazy that all this stuff is happening now, and I think it's important to remember it's not all happening now. It's just all coming out now because we as a society are um, kind of realizing that we should be dealing with this. And, you know, 
does is to me Daniel Snyder he might be the worst owner in sports certainly the, the worst owner in the NFL maybe the worst one in sports and what's unfortunate is we've talked about the football team and how they need a quarterback and you know maybe they will get a quarterback and they'll turn things around and we'll sit here in a year or two and say man Ron Rivera had a plan how dare we question his map um <laughs> but they're never going to be this destination they're never going to be this pillar of consistency. They're never going to be the Steelers. They're never going to be the Patriots unless they change something at the top. And I just don't see that happening either. And that's unfortunate because this city deserves better. Well, I mean, look, we've spent most of this show talking about the football team in part because it's in the season. Also because this is the team of the town. I had no offense to the the national teams that you've covered that won a World Series recently or the Caps fans or the surging Wizards, but the football team is the one that dominates, and unfortunately, like you said, there is this dark cloud. There is this limit ceiling on the circumstance based on the way ownership has gone for the last 20-something years. We, we mentioned Aaron Rodgers at the top. Aaron Rodgers has made it clear that oh, during this past offseason he would probably like to get out of Green Bay. Now, we'll see if, that's, if that holds true. I'm not even talking about this current situation with, uh, with his vaccination status. I'm just talking about if Green Bay is in a pretty good spot, they're contending again, uh, in in the uh, NFC, and you know, I don't know where he's going to go to be a better spot than there. But but the point is, if he actually were to leave, there's reasons to think that Washington should be a team to to be considered. He and Ron Rivera both are alums of of the University of California, Berkeley. Uh, in theory, this team would have a better defense than they've shown, but that hasn't happened yet. A couple weeks ago, I wrote a story for the Athletic about how does Washington find a quarterback. A lot of it was based on Aaron Rodgers because they were playing him that week. And when I asked people around the league about the idea of Rodgers coming here. Let's just say that chuckles were, were, were is, is what I got a lot on the other side. Like, really? You think he's going to go there? He can do kind of what he wants? Why would he go to this team? And that's to your point. Like, it's just hard to envision why somebody is going. Somebody who has some status is going to look at this thing and says, oh, I want to hitch my wagon there, especially with all that's going on around here. Yeah, and we're going to take a look at, when we come back from this break, what veterans could possibly be fits for this Washington football team. If you're just joining us, Britt Giroli, Ben Standing here. We want to know, what do you think the Washington football team should do at quarterback? Should they get them through the draft? Should they get a veteran? Let us know. Give us a call. We are here until 9 on the overtime on 106.7. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Richard Rowley, Ben Standing of The Athletic, here with you on 106.7 The Fan Overtime. Ben, I have 99 problems, including the fact that I got sideswiped on the way in. So I really appreciate our producer leading us in with that one. Uh, <laughs> what, what, was, he, was that for you or for the Washington football team? It, it could be. It's, it's, it's a tie today. Uh, true. You know what? There are a lot of problems. There are a lot of problems. But you're going to solve them. I want to know how on earth they're going to get a veteran quarterback to come to this organization. We know about some of the issues they've had. We know they haven't been winning. Even, even if they had all the issues with Snyder, if they were still winning, Players would come, but they're not winning. So, Ben, pretend you're on Rivera. Draw me the map. Show me where to go. I'm never letting go of that analogy because it's just hysterical. <laughs> it makes no sense. Um, show me where to go and let me know what kind of veteran could they possibly get, do you think, this offseason? Yeah. So, okay. So, let's start with the easy part, right? Who's available in free agency? And things could change in the next few months, depending on variety of things. But as it stands now, this is not a good free agent market. The, the player who is considered to be arguably the best option, they just played last week against Denver, Teddy Bridgewater, who frankly, you know, I was kind of saying to some people, I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater is any any much better than Taylor Heineke, uh, who's been starting right now for Washington with Ryan Fitzpatrick out. So if we're starting there, that's not the most exciting option. Now, could other guys get sprung free? Like we weren't anticipating Matthew Stafford being made available last year, but the Lions were rebuilding and decided they were going to, uh, you know, be, be nice to him, get, you know, let him move towards a contender. Maybe the Atlanta Falcons do the same thing with Matt Ryan, who, very similar quarterback to Matt Stafford, prototype uh, size, tons of experience, arm strength. He's, he's older, but he's been to a Super Bowl. He's still productive. The problem there is not even what the compensation would be. He's got a massive contract. I think it's like a $40 million cap hit that the Falcons would face. I'm sure the bookkeepers on these teams could figure out a way to make that work for both teams, but that is a huge, uh, huge issue for the Falcons to consider to, you know, to move on from that. Uh, you know, if they move on from him, that's a big chunk of their change out the door from there. I met, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who mentioned him before. I just can't imagine that he would consider coming here, even if he does want to leave green Bay. So that's a tough spot. But here's an interesting thought I just thought about today when I was driving in and avoiding getting sideswiped. <laughs> um, that is, so Rodgers is out, and part of the big talk with Rodgers for the last couple of years has been he was peeved that Green Bay drafted this kid Jordan Love in the first round a couple of years ago as sort of a clear uh, succession plan to Rodgers, or at least that's how he viewed it as, as a threat. Now, Jordan Love will now start this game this week. This will be his first, I, I, I think, real action, I, I think, since he's been in the league. Let's say he goes out and performs decently, right? We've seen other situations over the years where a quarterback comes in, shows even just for one game, they don't vomit all over themselves. They can actually move the ball and thus gives you a, a look like, okay, maybe this guy's interesting. Well, if Green Bay logically says, we still want to keep Rodgers, we'd like to make this work. He's obviously an all-time great quarterback. He gives us a chance to win, but now Jordan Love's showing enough interest, maybe we could move him. Maybe that puts another piece on the board, and maybe that's almost a uh, uh, you know a way to have your cake and eat it too. Get a guy who has experience tangentially just by being in the league, 
but he's also a young guy. That could be like that's the type of thing we can't project now that could maybe happen. Um, you know, are there random quarterbacks who become who start to play that show something that maybe a team like Washington could uh, look to trade for? How angry do you think Aaron Rodgers would be if he's been trying to get out of Green Bay for years and they trade somebody else to get out of Green Bay? Just hysterical. And also, Brett Favre felt the same way about Aaron Rodgers when they got Aaron Rodgers, that he was infringing. And if you read the terrific biography on on Brett Favre, which I did last offseason by Jeff Perlman, he gets into how much they hated each other and how he mistreated Rodgers. So it's just hysterical that Rodgers has not only not learned from that, he's also lying about his COVID vaccination status and everything else. But, you know, we know they tried to get Matt Stafford. We know they went out with what they thought was a pretty good offer, right, Ben? The one and three, and then the Rams came in, and there was guys in Cabo and all kinds of stuff that we don't really know about. Right. Okay. Now, my question is, are they going to be aggressive in getting a veteran? Because they they need to get a quarterback. This isn't like a, let's go window shop. you got to go in and make a purchase. So are they going to end up having to mortgage their future because of it? So we talked about this a little bit earlier, right? Why you ask? Why didn't Ron Rivera do something more this past off season? And I think in part was again they tried to get Stafford, didn't work out. There really wasn't a great available option. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick was arguably the best option, but I think everybody recognized he's a sort of a stopgap option, even if he's a viable starter. Unfortunately, he got hurt. Uh, I think that because they came they came on strong late. I don't think. And Ron Rivera is going to year two of a five-year deal. I don't think he probably had this feeling of crazy pressure that he has to solve the problem today. And there's a reasonable, I think it's a reasonable way to to look at it. The way he did is to say, hey, I don't want to give away a bunch of draft picks to to possibly get uh, somebody. Again, I don't even know who they were supposedly going to go get. I think that's a different vibe now. Unless they have a massive turnaround here in the second half of the year, I do think you have to feel some of that pressure because as we discussed earlier as well, we'll talk more in the next segment with Trevor Sikama from pro football focus. A rookie is going to, whatever the rookie will be ultimately is going to struggle as a rookie. The team will, that's just a sort of a standard operating procedure. And I think you're going to want to probably be like, uh, we need to go out and figure out a, a vet. And in order to get one, you probably are going to have to quote unquote overpay for that. Whether that means multiple first round picks or, you know, they've, the defensive line is where they have some extra, uh, some extra pieces. Um, Maybe you can attach one of those guys in a trade. I do. My bet right now is they do go make the bigger trade to get a quarterback. Again, I don't know exactly who that would be, but I just feel unless things change a lot, I could imagine there being a, a more feeling of pressure this offseason leading to an aggressive move because I think the rookie is just a whole other story. You're kicking the can down the road. It might be the right can, but you're kicking it down the road. Yeah, I agree with you. You know what? You know who's going to have this solved for us maybe? David in Middleburg. David on line two has been on hold for like 20 minutes. Let's, let's go, go. Let's go to that Gambit DC listener lines. Bet, play, win with Gambit DC. Brought to you by the DC Lottery. David, Brittany Giroli, hey. Ben standing here with you. We are hoping you can help us solve the quarterback conundrum with this Washington football team. Yeah, I'm trying to give you as much information as I can. All the while, I've been listening to all of this rhetoric by you. And one thing came to my mind was, why aren't they talking about Cam Newton? Okay, forget about it. Don't say, don't mention his name ever again. Also, why aren't they talking about Kyle Allen? Is he hurt? Is he available to play? Why wouldn't you give Kyle a chance to see if he could win some games? 
because Heineke is not going to win any games for you. And Fitzpatrick is certainly not a viable choice, again, to try to win games. I'm afraid if they put Fitzpatrick in there, he's going to get injured much worse than he did the first time. So people have also been talking about bringing in Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has issues that wouldn't even allow him to even concentrate on playing good football. So he's not a viable choice. The college draft does not have any prospects worthy of drafting. So in 2022, if any NFL team wouldn't be able to get a good uh, quarterback uh, in the first five picks, they don't even try it. So the Redskins, I I believe, the Washington football team, I believe, is going to have to go out there and try to get a veteran. I want y'all to talk about Cam Newton. Uh, well, you bring up some you bring up some interesting names, and I appreciate that. Cam Newton, look, Ron Rivera had him in Carolina. He's passed on him multiple times. The New England moved on from him. I, I think we can. At, at Cam Newton is at best a, a guy you're just sort of filling in the gaps with. He's not the answer anymore. You mentioned Deshaun Watson. Obviously, from a talent perspective, that's the ideal. Now he has a no trade clause, so he could say, "I don't want to go wherever he doesn't want to go." He apparently is only has eyes on Miami, but. All his legal matters make him an incredibly risky proposition until that gets resolved, which is why he's still in Houston. You mentioned Kyle Allen. I, I brought this up before directly to Ron Rivera for multiple reasons. One, Ron Rivera likes Kyle Allen. He picked Kyle Allen over Taylor Heineke multiple times in Carolina. He, he traded for Kyle Allen here when Taylor Heineke was sitting on the street. He could have gone that route. I'm curious to see if he puts him in at some point. I imagine he will. He's not showing the inclination to do that yet. I think we see him play, but he's ultimately just a backup for, for any team. Well, I think Ben pretty much eliminated Cam Newton for us. <laughs> yeah, we, we can move on from the Cam Newton topic. That that That's out. <laughs> well, when we come back, we're going to delve into the rookies, right? We've got our second guest. We are going to chat a little bit about the draft and what options, maybe, maybe what way that they go if they decide that they can't get a veteran again, which obviously would not go that well. We've got Trevor Sikama joining us on 106.7 when we get back. Richard Rowley, Ben Standig, you are listening to Overtime. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.